Yes, it's kind of gray and gloomy out there and um, a little bit damp. Very appropriate for Halloween, I think. That's right, big trick-or-treat night tonight. 5.30 to 7.30 here in the Athens vicinity. Other communities as well. So it's a fun time for me. I look forward to having all the youngsters up and down the street and other neighborhoods coming into ours and and we have fun with it. It's it's nice to see the way they're dressed up. It's nice to see their parents uh, escorting them out in the street and making sure they're safe and everything like that. And uh, in the costumes, yeah, cool. All right, October 31st, Halloween Day and night. Let's see here, Scott. Today, besides Halloween, it's National Knock Knock Joke Day. So, um, the, the only one I have memorized is Knock Knock. <laughs> Who's there? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> oh, I, I had to forget. I almost forgot it. Let's try it again. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Oh, boo, who? Quit crying. Everything will be just fine. No, just the punchline's quit crying. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, everything will be just fine. <laughs> now, uh, I just wondered, do you have some favorite knock, knock jokes? Um... Not particularly, okay. but um, I don't know. There are enough of them out there. And well, okay, let's, <coughs> let's try this then. <coughs> okay, audience, if you have a favorite knock-knock joke, give us a jingle. And our phone number, of course, as you should know by after all these years, is 592-6646. All right, here's one for now you. you, you got to stick that... Um, Seven four zero. Seven four zero in front of it, right? That's it. Seven four zero five nine two sixty six forty six. Now, Scott, you say you recalled one? Yeah, are you ready for this one? I'll try. All right. Knock knock. Who's there? Rufus. Rufus who? A Rufus is the most important part of your house. <laughs> Rufus the Bobcat might like that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is, this, try another. Oh, um, let's see. I don't know if I have any other okay, ones. Okay, well, that's all right. That's all right. Um, I didn't mean to put the pressure on you. That's all right. All right. Well, anyway, today is National Knock Knock Joke Day. All right. Here's one. Oh, you found one. Yeah. Knock Knock. Who's there? Calendars. Calendars who? Calendars through the door after he knocks. <laughs> I don't get it. Okay. Calendars through the door after he knocks. <laughs> you can noodle on that one for a little bit. How about uh, that? I'm not going to. It seems too complicated. Okay. Um, today is also a national 
caramel caramel apple day. Yum. Yeah. National Magic Day. National Doorbell Day. Well, that makes sense with the the kids coming up to the doors and, um, you know what I mean. Knocking and pushing the doorbell button. It's Girl Scout Founders Day. All right. Well, let's see here. Um, how about historical events? So on this date of October 31st, but the year 1517, Martin Luther sends his 95 theses to Albrecht von Brandenburg, who was the Archbishop of Mainz, precipitating the Protestant Reformation. That's a significant item. Just a few years later, in 1541, on this date, Michelangelo finishes painting The Last Judgment in the Sistine Chapel. That's, of course, in the Vatican City. Okay, 1876 on this date, the great Becker John Cyclone of the year 1876 ravages British India, which is modern-day Bangladesh. Over 200,000 people die. 1918, on this date, Spanish flu kills 21,000 people here in the U.S. in one single week. Wow. And on this date in 2011, the world population reaches 7 billion inhabitants, according to the United Nations. All right, let's do some birthdays. Chiang Kai-shek. Chiang Kai-shek. He was born on this date in 1887. Died in 1975. Chiang Kai-shek is a, excuse me, former president of China. He was um, a military leader who served as the leader of the Republic of China from 1928 to his death in 1975 and until 1949 in mainland China and from then on in Taiwan. He, Which we're uh, hearing about some of that now, about China yeah. possibly wanting to reclaim Taiwan. He is uh, in this photograph uh, fully dressed in military uniform with all sorts of Brandishments, awards, and things. All right, next. Let's talk about um, John Candy. Wow. He was a pretty funny guy. Really funny. Born in 1950 on this date, died in 1994. John Candy. 
John Franklin Candy was a Canadian actor and comedian. Known mainly for his work in Hollywood films, he rose to fame in the 1970s as a member of the Toronto branch of the Second City and its SCTV programs. Some of his movies include Uncle Buck, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, The Great Outdoors, which is really funny, Spaceballs, and Summer Rental. Oh, I was in a bunch of ones I enjoyed. (laughs) But that first one you mentioned, I'm not familiar with. What was it? Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? No, no. That one? It was some sort of TV series. Oh, the SCTV series. It's a Canadian okay. broadcast network. He was uh, on that. That was kind of like a forerunner of um, Saturday Night Live. I see. Well, I think I would have enjoyed it. Then. Oh, yeah. Okay, two, uh, two people are still living. One is Peter Jackson, celebrating his 61st birthday today. Uh, uh, forgive me, I don't know who this is. Sir Peter Robert Jackson is a New Zealand film director, screenwriter, and producer. He is best known as the director, writer, and producer of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy. We certainly know his work. Yes, both of which are adapted from the novels of the same name by J.R.R. Tolkien. The Hobbit. 55th birthday for a fellow simply known as Vanilla Ice. And uh, 55 years young. Vanilla Ice. He is an American rapper. Yep. And his real name, Robert Matthew Van Winkle, professionally known as Vanilla Ice. Two deaths to mention. Um, We'll do them in the order they have here. Federico Fellini. Federico Fellini. He was born in 1920, but died on this date in 1993. What was his thing? I, I should know, but I can't recall. He was an Italian film director and screenwriter known for his distinctive style which blends fantasy and Baroque images with earthiness. Heavy duty. He is recognized as one of the greatest and most influential filmmaker, uh, filmmakers of all time. Some of his movies include La Dolce Vita, Mm -hmm. Eight and a Half from 1963, and from 1954, La Strada, and from Nights... Uh, from 1957, Knights of Kabiria. Indira Gandhi. Nice picture of her here. She lived from 1917 to 1984. She was an Indian politician and central figure of the Indian National Congress. She was elected as the third Prime Minister of India in 1966 and was also the first and, to date, the only female Prime Minister of India. Gandhi was the daughter of Jawaharlal Nehru, the first Prime Minister of India. Um, not a birth or death, simply an event. 
Martin Luther, who uh, here they call as a defiant monk, nailed his 95 theses to a church door on this day, defying the Pope and changing the course of religious and cultural history. Martin Luther. Yes. He was a German priest, theologian, author, hymn writer, and professor. Best known as the seminal figure in the Protestant Reformation and the namesake of Lutheranism. He ordained priesthood in 1507. Let's um, interrupt our normal thing here and catch up on some sports. Um, I'm really excited about tomorrow night in spite of uh, 65 degrees and cloudy. Um, <laughs> you, don't, you don't like that? Well, it's, it could be far worse. Uh, yeah. Um, they're not mentioning rain at this point. You want it a little colder? No. No? No. 65 is fine. Okay. Uh, But we have a ball game tomorrow night, and um, the Bobcats play, uh, who, the Bulls? Yes. And um, any prediction there? Uh, You know, Buffalo's in first place in the MAC East. I think they are undefeated at 4-0. And the Bobcats are three and one now. That's in MAC play. All right, so the Bobcats are a game behind mm-hmm. with that. So uh, big ball game for the Bobcats. Kickoff at seven thirty. Yes, it's a Tuesday night game. Many of the MAC games in the month of November are week night games due to the TV contract between the MAC. And whoever is going to be televising them, which my guess is uh, CBS Sports. Mm-hmm. That's typically who would broadcast them. Well, so, of course, you'll hear that game right here on uh, our station. Yes. And um, yeah, we're proud to be the flagship of the, the radio broadcast side. Indeed. And uh, that game kicks off at uh, 730 and uh, again, we'll have the coverage on the flagship station, as you mentioned, Power 105. I'll be there. Pre, yes, you will. Pre-game is at um, 6:30. It's usually an hour before the game. And um, let's see if I can find where the TV coverage is. Here we go. ESPN two okay. is the channel not, to watch not the game. CBS. Correct. So uh, it looks like the rest of the games. Uh, are on ESPN, which uh, a week from tomorrow night, the Bobcats travel to Oxford to take on Miami, the Red Hawks, which still sounds weird to say instead of their previous nickname. The Redskins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the following Tuesday, November 15th, they travel to Muncie to take on the Cardinals of Ball State. Uh, incidentally, the OU Miami games on ESPN uh, ESPN2 and CBS Sports Network. Wow, lots of good coverage there. Uh, the Ball State games on ESPN2 and ESPNU. And then the following Tuesday, the Bobcats Final Four games, all on Tuesday evenings. Uh, they will host the Falcons of Bowling Green. I hadn't realized that. Yeah, on November 22nd uh, at Peden Stadium. 
TV coverage will be ESPNU for that one. So the remainder of the games, Tuesday so, night uh, games. And we have how many left? Four. And they're all Tuesday night? Correct, yes. All 7.30? Correct. Okay. Uh, let's see. Well, tonight, 7.30, the following three. Um, they're giving three different times for the Miami game. There must be something on before the game, or they're going to join it in progress on some of the other networks. But it looks like 7.30. Okay. Ball State, 7. Bowling Green, 7. PMs, that is, not scores. <laughs> Folks, um, um, this year has been a little bit different, um, at least from my point of view. Uh, my season tickets I've received in the email. And then it requires you to print them. And um, there is a, what do you call it, a barcode or something like that? QR code. QR code. Yep, quick reference is what that means. Okay. Um, anyway, a bunch of little squabbles um, in a square or a rectangle. And then you show that, and that's your um, ticket in. Mm-hmm. It's but, all digital. Yeah. And um, so I printed off my entire basketball schedule. So four seats plus parking. So five sheets of paper for every game. <laughs> it's a thick stack. Um, but anyway, whatever works, works. <coughs> and it's worked uh, so far on football for me. So... Um, Buy a little extra paper and print them off. Okay. But you don't need to if you have your phone, so you can just take your phone in there, and they have scanners. Yeah. Just hold your phone out, and they scan it that way. So you really wouldn't need to use all that paper. But, like, if I have guests, it's easier to give them the paper. You know what I mean? Well, if they go, yeah, unless they go with you, then you can just scan everybody in that way. If you all walk in together, but if not, yeah. I guess I'm not that sharp with my phone. Or you can transfer the two tickets to their phone. Really? Yeah. So that way you wouldn't wouldn't need the paper. Just They have to have an active cell phone number, obviously, in order to do that. Okay. But there's a feature in there that you can go in and transfer. Let's say you have four tickets, right? If you want to transfer two, just go in there to your phone, touch transfer, put in their phone number review and then touch transfer and then just like that boom it goes to their phone how about that how about that <laughs> well we've got more sports to tell you about as nelsonville york high school football buckeyes boy they cruised by grove city christian in the uh, first round of the playoffs in a big way so uh, congratulations to the nelsonville york football buckeyes uh, final score is 55 to 7. Whoa. So they move on to play Loudonville uh, in Bucktoll once again. They get to host another home game. Uh, so that game will be this Friday at 7 p.m. We'll be there on Power 105 to broadcast that game as well. So way to go, Buckeyes, and good luck this Friday night. Other area teams that uh, were in the first round of the playoffs, uh, Megs was defeated by Harvest Prep. 47 to nothing, the Miller High School Falcons uh, over in our neighboring Perry County uh, were defeated 49 to 6. 
Uh, Jackson moves on. They had a big win over Miami Trace, 44-7. to And um, Waterford defeated Southern, another couple teams in our area, 47-6. to And Vinton County was defeated by Columbus East, 34-14. to So uh, that will uh, do it for the area teams, unless we want to include Gallipolis, Galley High School, 37-30 to over Licking Valley. So way to go. Uh, Nelsonville York High School football Buckeyes and also in the girls cross country the Athens Bulldogs have advanced I think to the regionals the high school girls cross country team will be advancing to the regionals there so good luck to Athens high school cross country and uh, let's see the Trimble high school girls volleyball team has advanced to the sweet 16 Wow. Where, where they will take on, I believe it's Newark Catholic, who is a traditional powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, they obviously will have their hands full, but uh, they took down a pretty good team this weekend, too. So uh, way to go, Trimble High School girls volleyball. Uh, I'm trying to catch all the area sports here. You're doing a good High job. High school sports. Um, those are the ones that uh, come to mind. Anyway, so uh, if, if we're missing, if I'm missing someone, uh, we'll just say a congratulations to you, too. So uh, way to go, uh, high school sports. Okay? And, uh, and once again, in, in our audience, if we did miss something, feel free to update us. Our number again, 740-592-6646. Definitely. The Trimble girls, I think, will play at uh, Pickering, uh, Pickerington North. High school uh, this weekend. They defeated a really good Portsmouth Notre Dame team over the weekend. So, uh, congratulations to the uh, Trimble Lady Tomcats. And um, let's see, college football, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Boy, oh boy. They didn't look real good the first three quarters of the game against Penn State. As a matter of fact, they trailed going into the fourth quarter, uh, but they ended up outscoring. Penn State in the fourth quarter, 28-3. to three. And, uh, wow, they won, ended up winning big, actually. Mm-hmm. So, uh, way to go for the Ohio State Buckeyes. We're proud to be an affiliate of the Ohio State Buckeyes football and basketball radio networks here at 970. This week's college poll has them ranked number two, but in a tie with the University of Tennessee who has played very well this year, as you mentioned, as I mentioned last week. Uh, they've defeated top uh, five, top ten teams already this season. Their quarterback is one of the uh, leading candidates for the Heisman Trophy, as well as uh, C.J. Stroud of the Ohio State Buckeyes. But uh, I, I have to say C.J. Stroud showed tremendous poise in the fourth quarter when they could have just uh, rolled over. That Nothing phases that kid. Uh, but he just uh, made some great passes. People were online questioning the play calling and whether and whether they were running the right plays, obviously. But, uh, man, they had some big catches there. Uh, defensively, TJ, I'm going to see if I can say this right, Tua Malau, who is a defensive end for Ohio State, he had a monster game, one of the best defensive games I think I've ever seen in college football. He's defensive end. He intercepted two passes. 
it's rare for a defensive end to right. intercept even one. And he intercepted two, returned one for a touchdown. He uh, had uh, two or three tackles for losses, forced a couple fumbles. And uh, he was just all over the place and very instrumental in the Buckeyes' win. Uh, so they win uh, this past Saturday at Penn State. That's not an easy place to play. Uh, so they will take on Northwestern this Saturday. As we mentioned, the Bobcats play tomorrow night. Uh, the top football rankings, top college rankings. Georgia remains at number one. Tennessee and Ohio State at number two. And uh, let's see, Michigan at number four. Clemson five and Alabama six is how it rounds out there. So, uh, yeah, it's getting getting uh, to November, and that's the time you want to play the best football. So we'll see what happens there with uh, the remainder of the schedule. Big game coming up this Saturday. Tennessee will play Georgia. So you got number one versus number two this weekend. Big ball game. Mm. Um, it's a Saturday game? Yep. And the – well, it's very, very good chance that whoever wins that game obviously will be number one. Yeah. Um, so whether it's Tennessee, Georgia, we'll see. Mm. Uh, the World Series in action tonight, game three in uh, Philadelphia as the series moves from Houston. Uh, that series is tied up at one game apiece. Uh, the World Series starts tonight, I believe, at 8 o'clock. And, uh, well, games three, four, and five if necessary. Uh, will be in the city of brotherly love, as they call it, Philadelphia. So there you have it. And oh wait, oh wait, you know my costume that I'm wearing today. Oh wait a minute, you've noticed, right? Costume? Yeah. Uh, you're simply wearing a Joe Burrow shirt. Yeah, that's my costume for today. Okay. Joey and the Bengals play tonight. That. Cleveland, they take on the Browns. Game time is at 8.15. It is on ESPN. It's Monday night football. And, uh, well, the Browns are not having a real good season. And the Bengals are 4-3 and three right now, so they need to get a win in Cleveland. I don't think Joey's beating the Browns yet. So I we think went, uh, it's a good time to do it tonight. We went somewhere Friday night. And ran into the Burroughs family and all their friends. And we all had a nice time. The entertainment was terrific. And um, it was just very fun. Well, I, let's see. I guess we were at Eclipse. Okay. All right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, tune in for the Bengals. You can catch all the radio action right here at 970 WATH. Once again, we are proud to be an affiliate of the Cincinnati Bengals football radio network. That's Actually, how that dude says that. We're very pleased to be honored by all the networks we've worked with. Oh, yeah. And um, Bengals, Blue Jackets, Reds. You bet. Yeah, on and on. So And Ohio University. Yeah, exactly. And the Ohio State Buckeyes. And one more thing before we get into other things here. Um the most popular costume of kids in Cincinnati tonight, according to one of the TV stations down there, is <laughs> a Joe Burrow dress-up okay. costume. Well, then you're right in the zone. Yeah, these kid. Oh, you should see some of these kids' outfits. I mean, they're wearing the duds, the bling, the the uh, earbuds, <laughs> like Joey does. Pictures they take of Joe. 
they're wearing suits, you know, the the uh, flamboyant suits that he wears sometimes. <laughs> it's just pretty funny. And that's, uh, you know, those suits. <laughs> One of our staff members here, David Saltzman, his son, Mike, I think was his name, designs all of those clothes. Now, he doesn't do all of them. He well, just a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, he does a few of them, but Jamar Chase picks out Joe's clothes for him. Who's that? That's the wide receiver for the Bengals. He shows up at Joe. Joe and Jamar are good buddies, man. I mean, Jamar's out for the tonight. He's got a fractured hip, but Jamar picks up clothes for Joe, and he takes them to Joey's house, and Joey sports them. You know, and they've got a real tight-knit bond, and he – he obviously trusts Jamar's taste, and you know he knows Joe's size, and he just goes and picks him out, and that way Joey doesn't have to go shopping. But Jamar's picked out some pretty neat stuff. Well, it's 55 degrees here on Columbus Road. We're headed up to 68. There is a mention of some drip drops uh, during the day. Uh, no heavy rain uh, that I can see in the forecast. But... Um, Tonight, once again in Athens, 5.30 to 7.30, trick-or-treat. I'm ready. Our household will be, is always kind of in the center of all that activity, and we love it. By the way, to, uh, Wednesday, um, Chris Schmiel will be our, our guest, of course, county commissioner. And if there's anything else to be added, we'll let you know as it comes about. All right, now, let's see here. What should we talk about first? Let's let's talk about Lula. Who is Lula? Lula is leading in Brazil. Voters in Brazil went to the polls yesterday, casting ballots in a hotly contested runoff election between incumbent Jair Bolsonaro and former President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva. Results show that da Silva, holding a roughly 1.8% lead over Bolsonaro, who has yet to concede as of this writing. Brazil is the world's fourth largest democracy, by population, and the race has been framed as the most pivotal in Latin America in decades. Bolsonaro, a conservative populist, won 55% of the popular vote in 2018, but received heavy criticism for his handling of the pandemic. Da Silva, known particularly simply as Lula, held office from 2003 to 2010, championing left-wing populist priorities. But he was jailed for almost 20 months in 2018 on corruption charges. Lula led Bolsonaro in the first round of voting 48.4% to 43.2%. 
but failed to capture a majority, thus triggering the runoff. While a highly polarized race became contentious in the final days, including accusations of cannibalism and Satanism. <sighs> Good heavens. Cannibalism. Okay. Another story, the soul debate, that's S-E-O-A-S-E-O-U-L, as in South Korea, right? Yes. At least 154 people were killed and over 100 more injured in a crowd surge in South Korea that took place Saturday night, just two nights ago. The tragedy occurred during Halloween celebrations um, in the Taiwan district of Seoul. The first such festivity since pandemic restrictions were lifted. While officials have not yet identified a cause of the crush, but many videos show costumed partiers navigating packed streets where over 100,000 people were gathered. The majority of the deceased who died by suffocation were in their teens or 20s with almost twice as many female victims. Several foreigners were also among the dead, including two Americans and um, let's see, so they go on, it is the second crowd surge causing over 100 deaths this month after 132 people died following a soccer match in Indonesia. Okay, now, for years, I've talked about my experiences uptown at Halloween. And I had every intention of going up there at some point, say, at 11 o'clock at night and standing on the street corner and watching everybody having a nice time. Guess what? No. I didn't do it. No. Yep. Uh, first time in years I've missed it. Yes, it is. But um, did you go? No. Okay. I was anticipating your observations yeah, uh, this morning. So the couple of people that I have run into since that went up thought it was well done. It's such a large event that you could be in one space and see a problem in another space and not. But um, I guess I should have reached out to our law enforcement authorities this morning and see if they could have joined me via telephone. But I think that the overall reaction was good. And I hope I'm right. Yes. Um, <clears throat> I noticed a post, oh, where was it, Facebook maybe, that uh, there, there were going to be attempts to shut down the block party at 1030 Saturday night. And if 
boy, oh boy, that time and I'm not sure if that would have end, no, ended well. That, that's not a good idea. No, because obviously people are getting quote unquote a little more wound up around that time and into the hours, and you know they want to stay out into well, the I, streets. I, I, I guess I don't think it peaks until eleven or twelve. Yeah, probably so. Based upon my previous experience, streets were blocked off. I think there was a bandstand at the uh, intersection of Court Street and Union, right there near the college gate. Yeah. Saw some video of that. There's uh, been that in the past, and then sometimes as many as two others. Yeah, at the other end of Court Street. Yeah, and even one midway. Yeah, yeah. But um, anyway. To the, to the authorities, good job. I haven't heard of any terribly negative stories or anything, so uh, everybody appeared to behave as best as possible and treated our city right. So thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, let's hope that that uh, sentiment holds true there. But... Um, Anyway, 9.52 and a half now. Um, I came across a report, and this is, uh, you know how I find these kind of reports. This is, these are the best and worst places for veterans to live. And it's some sort of annual report. And... Um, so the, the number one city, they say, for a veteran is Raleigh, North Carolina. Number two, Austin, Texas. Three, Laredo, Texas. Four, Madison, Wisconsin. Five, Tampa, Florida. Six, Orlando, Florida. Seven, Boise, Idaho. Eight, Lincoln, Nebraska. And tenth, Colorado Springs. Okay, so... So I was wondering how Ohio stacked up. So let me uh, cruise down here and find it. Because we did have three cities show up. Now maybe my highlighter didn't work out. Because I tried to highlight them so I could spot them easy. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't work. Well, anyway... This is going to make it more complicated. Okay, I believe that coming in 90th was Cleveland. 95th was Toledo. Yet, I'm confident there were three cities listed, so I've obviously missed somebody that was much higher ranked. Let me try this again. Well, I'm sorry. I just don't have it. It's um, frustrating. Because um, I'd like to give credit to the highest ranking Ohio City. But, um, oh well. Um... So when they do these things, they 
they ranked the total score. But it's based upon several different things. First of all, for health. Secondly, secondly, quality of life. Third, economy. And fourth, employment. And not in those orders, but those are the four places they look. So, anyway. Well, let's see here. We've got... Um, you want we got Halloween, right? Yeah, but do you want to talk about trick or treating tonight? Well, I thought we did. Well, yeah, but I mean, I didn't know if you wanted to expand a little bit more on if you're going to be dressing up or. No, I'm just going to be smiling. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, well, there. I have on a pumpkin colored shirt. Yep, you do. There's and four trick or treatings going on tonight. The last four: Athens, Nelsonville, The Plains, and Bucknell. Okay. Be safe. And um, turn your headlights on, folks. Yeah. And uh, only appropriate, we should end up with a little bit of um, appropriate music. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The most diverse Supreme Court in history is expected to begin hearing arguments right now in two cases challenging race consciousness in college admissions. They involve Harvard and UNC. Correspondent Jan Crawford reports. The court has scaled back affirmative action over the years, outlawing quotas and numerical goals. But it has allowed a limited consideration of race to promote diversity. No more silence! But the newly conservative court could now decide that any consideration of race at all is illegal discrimination, whether at a private university like Harvard or a public one like UNC, where minority enrollment is already low. The suspect in the hammer attack on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi 82-year-old husband is expected to be formally charged today. KPI